Well, hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. I'm your host, your friend, and your sister in Christ, Georgia Brown, and welcome to a bonus episode. Surprise! I am beyond honored to share this conversation with you because, honestly, it's a mind-blowing one. Today, we're hanging out with our friend, Peter Lalonde, and let me tell you, We love Left Behind here on Faith and Friends. We have talked to Kevin Sorbo, who is in the latest Left Behind. And I found out today, I guess I just didn't realize, that Peter's brother, Paul Lalonde, is still working on the Left Behind series. But Mr. Peter, who we are hanging out with today, he was one of the producers of the original Left Behind series with Kirk Cameron. Now, Mr. Peter's life work is all about biblical prophecy. And I have a lot of friends who DM me on the good old Instagram telling me that, you know, they're scared about Jesus coming back again or the book of Revelation. They don't understand it. And I can understand it's 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 a lot, but it's also very exciting because God's word is alive and active and it has something that it is trying to say to us. And as God's people, we need to have our ears perked up. And as Mr. Peter says a lot, we need to be looking up because our redemption draws nigh. So it's so exciting. And I pray that this conversation enlightens the eyes of your heart to truly see that God is good. He has a plan and he is in control. And so I left this conversation very excited and grateful to be alive for such a time as this. And my prayer is that it does the very same thing for you. So, all right, let's dive right in. Mr. Peter, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith and Friends. It's my absolute pleasure. We're going to have a good time today. I feel like I have so much. I don't feel, I know, I have so much to learn from you and just all what your life has been uh, a study of when it comes to God's word. It's just such a beautiful thing. And I am a huge, huge left behind fan. And so this is just going to be so fun. So thank you for being you. Absolutely. It's been a good fun. I I had great time making the Left Behind movies and uh, all of the other things. We did a show called This Week in Bible Prophecy as well. So it has been my world um, forever and ever. It's only part, of course, because prophecy is meaningless apart from who it is that we're talking about returning. And uh, sometimes we can get so caught up in those details, the heads, the horns, the beasts. That's not the important thing. The important thing is uh, that we're looking up and lifting up our heads because our redemption is drawing nigh. Yeah. Amen. I mean, for sure. It is so important. And I really want to dive into all of this because it's so applicable to today. That's why I'm so glad we're having this conversation. It's like, come on, believers, like put your boots to the ground, open your eyes, do not look to the left or to the right. In the last days, they will be great deception. There will be fear. They will be driven away. All these things that's happening before our eyes. But take me back, Mr. Peter, like your your love for all of us that that grew. You, you were born in Canada. Did you grow up there? Did you grow up in the church? What was that like for you? Well, I, I was born and raised and I'm still a Canadian. Oh, um, we love my it. My interest really began uh, back in the time I was about 17 years old and my sister um, became what I considered a fanatic at that point in time. And she started telling me about Bible prophecy and it just, it was the trigger for me. But it was a trigger towards a fascination with Bible prophecy It took quite a few years, actually, for my heart to catch up with my head and to realize, Mm -hmm. you know, if this 
stuff is all true about prophecy and you're completely convinced of how remarkable it is, then the rest of the book must be true too. So mm -hmm. uh, when that finally came together is when I became a true believer and uh, that's held me through for all of these years. That's incredible. So this ties into film. When did you get into the film industry and realize, oh, I could take this Bible prophecy and put it on the screen and scripture and a script can go to the screen? Because that's pretty neat, honestly. It really was. Unfortunately, I was with partners with my brother, Paul, and uh, he's still making the Left Behind movies to this day, actually. Yeah. Um, and we started out very humbly. I mean, our first movie cost about 50 bucks. I mean, it, it was... We blew things up by throwing dirt in the air to make it look like there was an explosion. Um, but it had some modest success. And then we made a movie called Revelation. And it really broke through for us. It's, I still think to this day it's the best movie that I was ever a part of. Um, it took prophecy from the level of world events and brought it down to individuals. And that's mm -hmm. what really moved me about that film. And at that point in time, we started to realize... Um, we could move on now and start making different kinds of movies. And as the Lord would have it, the fellas who were wanting to produce the Left Behind movie didn't really have the means to pull it all together. And so they came to us, and uh, we did. And uh, we made the first three Left Behind movies together. And it was it, it was so, it was fun. It was uh -huh. challenging. There was just all kinds of complications. I mean, if you've never made a movie... We didn't, we hadn't. So you walk in and you've probably got 300 moving parts at the same time. And you have the characters, the actors who all have their own sort of attitude and whatever it might be. So you're trying to juggle all of that and come out at the end of it with not a colossal mess of all these different pieces, but pulling something together. And that was one of the most rewarding things um, that we ever did in the filmmaking business, for sure. Did you think it was going to be as successful as it was? Like, did you have a feeling at the beginning? Oh, this this is a special project where you're like, we're just being obedient and I'm not throwing dirt up in the air this time. But hey, we're here. Yes, uh, we really you, did. Because yeah, you knew it wasn't hard to take a look at the success of the books, which were, I, I think, 50 million copies at uh -huh. that point in time and say, well, we think there's an audience for this. So, I mean, it wasn't very hard reach. It was just making sure that we could live up to the expectations that were put upon us with that project and what was entrusted to us. And we really strove for that. And I think Kirk Cameron was amazing in those yeah first few films and that really gave the project some weight not just in terms of he was a good actor because he is a good actor but what he brought spiritually to the set and to the whole project of the expectation of how it would be um how we were ambassadors for the lord in making a movie and that was fantastic yeah. Yeah. And just honoring him through that process of this is his word and we're here to bring it to life. I bet um, it it really tethered you to the scriptures even more of like, okay, is this what God's word saying? Like, is this how we're, we're taking it and applying it and sharing it? And so taking God's word and seeing what's going on today, you know, you know, in the end times, we won't know the day or the hour, but open your eyes, like look at the seasons. It, it's, it's crazy out there. And I feel like every day biblical prophecy is just happening before our very eyes. And so technology, you know, truly the modern day, like tower of Babel, like, can you just kind of speak to all this of like 
to my young people, to my friends listening that are in their teens and 20s that are like, oh, I don't want to worry about that right now, or I have too much life to live. I truly believe that we really do need to care about these things because if it matters to God, it should matter to us. And it's in his his word that's alive and active, and it is trying to tell us something to prepare us. And it's nothing to be afraid of. And so I would just love for you to just share your heart about all that, Mr. Peter. Well, one third of the Bible is prophecy. Mm. And as I say in my more casual conversations, he wasn't just killing time when he put that stuff in there. That's it was true. in there for a reason. And Jesus said, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So there's something you're supposed to be watching for. And without prophecy, you wouldn't know what you were watching for. But I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. And, and my own experience, I think, speaks to that quite a bit. We had a program called This Week in Bible Prophecy, which was uh, an international program. And we were pretty on top of all of the events. I had a research staff. I had, you know, we had a Ooh. coffee machine and everything. <laughs> I mean, it was a big deal. And... Back in 1995, we were making a documentary called 2000 AD, Are You Ready? Because mm. back then, we were all looking. I mean, there was the Left Behind books, there was our movies, there was Y2K, there was the Millennium, everybody was looking. And it was hard not to get caught up in that. Yeah. But as I look back on it now, I don't think we really had a clue what was going on, because... Uh -huh. It seemed like it was close, as it seemed like it was close to me back in the 70s when I first heard about Bible prophecy. Things were being revealed to us. I mean, Israel was back in her homeland. We knew that the some of the cornerstones were coming into play. But now it's a whole different ballgame. Now it's happening on a very specific, detailed level. Um, I will give one example. One of the prophecies that's pretty well known is the prophet Daniel said in the last days, knowledge shall be increased. Well, so we looked to that back, you know, 20 years ago, and we said, well, look at this, we're flying the space shuttle around, we got all of this stuff going on, surely knowledge has been increased. I think we were wrong, because whose knowledge is being increased? Mm. And as you go back and you dig into the book of Daniel, the word he used for knowledge was not human knowledge, which is the word yada in the Hebrew, is mm. doth, and that word means tree of knowledge. The tree of knowledge shall be increased, is what he was referring to. And I look around today at the cloud, and I, I look at all of the internet of things out there and the data that is being built. I don't know if everyone realizes there's 10,000 or more pieces of data collected on all of us that are in the cloud right now. It knows us by name already. Whoa. So now you're starting to think in terms of it's not our knowledge that's growing. I know mine's not. I think I'm getting a little dumber as the years move along. But the fact of the matter is, it's this thing up there whose knowledge is growing. And it's the part that will, I think, lead to the last days where the mark of the beast will be possible, the image of the beast, the tracking of people. I watch what's going on in Canada right now with digitized health cards, which are, you know, identity cards by any other name that have the chip in them. And I know we've always said that about the smart cards have a microchip in them. This isn't the same. It's mm -hmm. not just your banking information. This is everything. And it's being proposed 
at the highest levels now because of pandemics and travel the world and who gets into what country and the restrictions that will come from it are foreshadows of what is coming. But I think there's something else as well. When Daniel spoke that prophecy, he was referring to his people, the Israeli people in the last days, which we know they are the focus of the last seven years, the tribulation period. And he has given three chapters of detailed summary of what that time is going to be like. But he's told before that shall be this increase in knowledge. Mm. Here's how I translate that. There's no signs of the rapture. I think most scholars would agree with that at, at any moment in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But we know that right before the tribulation comes the rapture. And right before the tribulation comes this great increase in knowledge of this, whatever it is up there, um, we're closer than we ever thought we were. And that's what this putting Bible prophecy on trial right now. I mean, I, I'm not trying to prove or disprove prophecy. Everybody knows what I think. I mean, it, it, it's kind yeah. of obvious that I believe it's happening. But it's not important what I believe. Mm. It's important what the individual believes and the people watching, what they believe. So I love the idea of people such as yourself could sit down and watch the things, and as a juror in this trial, you get to vote on each one of the things. And so at the end of it, you come out not saying, hey, yeah, I heard a sermon by this Peter guy, and here's what he thinks. You come out of it with a conclusion of what you think. And I think that's extraordinarily effective in terms of us then being able to share with our friends, because we've been stepped through it piece by piece, and uh, we can share and be uplifted ourselves at the same time. Yeah, and it takes us from being a spectator, and and so many of us just go to the church too, so it can just serve us, and we just spectate, and we go, and we receive, and then we leave, and we're good. But now, to be equipped, it, this is a time to be equipped. There is really no going back. We need to know what we're talking about, because if not in the last days, there will be such deception. And I don't want to be deceived when I could spend a little bit of time and dive in. And so that's what really the Bible prophecy on trial. I think that's so neat that it gets us off the bench and get playing on the court of <laughs> literally the court of what's what's going on here. And so it's such an interactive and unique way to get people involved. Like, man, how did you come up with this? Like, it's so fun and creative and different. It's not just a 45 minute Sunday sermon. No, it's not. And you know, when we mentioned the sermons, I've been guilty of this my whole life. I sit during a sermon and I write down all my notes or at a prophecy conference and, and I say, okay, I'm going to go home and study this and life catches up and I do you, don't too. Up, you don't end up doing it. Right. Um, this, you have to do it right on the spot, is the good thing. But in terms of how I came up with it, 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 it's not really a concept other than I always said, if I could just get people into court and present them the evidence in a court of law, so they couldn't go anywhere, they were jurors, they were stuck there until the end, um, and they had to make their own decision, that would be just glorious to me. Um, and so suddenly, here it is. Yeah, here it is. I love it. That's amazing. So how can people be a part of this trial? Okay, um, they just have to go to one simple link, and it'll take them through the process of deciding. I mean, by 
going to this link, you're not committed to anything. You just decide as you go. But yeah. it's just called BibleProphecyOnTrial.com. Come so, uh, yeah, there we are. See how simple that is, y'all. And that's so amazing that we have the technology to be able to do that because, I mean, 50 years ago, that, that this wouldn't be possible. And I think it's so interesting. I've been thinking about that a lot, how for such a time as this, we were made like for such a time as this, that Left Behind film was made in that era. And I mean, we're still learning from it. And we just had a new one come out this year, you know. So yeah. it's so neat um, to be able to have have this. So y'all, the link to that is in the show notes. But with this technology, can you just speak a little bit to like, AI technology and all this stuff, because honestly, Mr. Peter, I was a little freaked out. Okay, this is just me and maybe my ignorance. They thought rock and roll was, you know, the devil and all sorts of stuff. So we're all falling and trying to figure this all out here. But um, I've even heard of some churches like being like, hey, can you write me a 700 word sermon on grace? Or let's write our new best worship song from AI technology. And I'm just kind of like, oh, man, God made me creative. And I know it might take a little longer, but let's use our own brains. But anyways, can you just speak to that? Maybe some cautions that you have or just some thoughts about it in general? Well, I'll tell you one of the things that's one of the early hearings in this trial. Okay. Jesus was asked what would be the sign of his coming and of the end of the world. And he pointed to the parable of the fig tree. And we know that Israel was returned to her homeland in 1948, and there's no doubt that Israel is represented by the fig tree. But it's 70 years later. We're sort of going now, wait a minute, I thought this was all going to happen way sooner. So I began to look for other alternative explanations, and I was looking in the book of Luke, where Luke recorded that conversation a little differently. And Jesus said, behold the fig tree and all trees. And it kind of threw me at first because I thought, well, that kind of diminishes the Israel thing, right? They're just one of a bunch of trees. It's just nothing, not big a deal. But so I started to dig and I dug in what other countries were born in 1948. South Korea, Czechoslovakia, hardly world powers that are shaking and moving the world today. So I began to dig deeper into what were the pillars of the end times, because that's what the disciples were asking. What's this world going to be like? Yeah. 1948, the first computer ran its first program. It didn't just run it on a random day in 1948. It ran it on June 21st, 1948, which was the summer solstice. And Sorry about that. And Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, know that summer is nigh. Well, you don't get more closer to nigh than the day that summer's eve. I mean, there Whoa. it was that day. In today's world, I'm looking at other trees that there could be. Something else happened on June 21st. The World Health Organization was founded. And now they are the primary pushers for an international passport mm -hmm. uh, that will contain all of this information that I mentioned a little bit earlier. Yeah. Artificial intelligence. Bingo, 1948. Algorithms, bingo, 1948. All of these trees budded at the exact same time as the rebirth of Israel. And that's why when I look at the prophecy of Daniel, talking about knowledge being increased, and Jesus talking about these trees coming together at the exact same time, I think we can see a pattern that we're starting to see mysteries in the prophecies that we never could see before. Right. Because 
who thought about algorithms? I didn't even know what they were 15 years ago, really. Um, I know some guys did because they invented them in 1948. Right. <laughs> um, but the fact of the matter is there are still others that happened back in 1948. It's the key pillars of the last day's world, the key pillars of what will make prophecy possible, um, all came together at that exact same time. And to me, that is so remarkable and so revealing um, that I think it's sort of one of the biggest signs that I see. In addition, in addition, especially to Daniel and the increase of knowledge, because it's not what we ever thought that it was. No. And this increase of knowledge doesn't mean it's a good thing, because sometimes we think, oh, more is greater. But that might not always be the case. But to open up uh, the mysteries of God and just dive in deeper. I mean, that is nothing to me but exciting. Like we're okay. one day closer. And so I can't imagine like your life's work and even just like every day discovering and, you know, just discovering, wow, like there's more because there's always more. It's just deeper and deeper. And so it's like really mind blowing. But I know there are so many people out there and I get messages all the time, Mr. Peter, people saying, I'm not ready. I, I, I'm i scared. Like revelation scares me. And really like to me, I'm like, friend, this is not supposed to be scary. This is a preparation to, to show you what's to come. What would you say to the friend who, I know what you'd say, you'd say, go do the Bible uh, prophecy on trial. That's what you'd say, wouldn't you? Actually not. What I would say is, um, and I quoted it a bit ago because it's it's transformed my life. Yeah. When you see all these terrible, ugly, nasty things going on in the world, look up and come lift on. up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. And I think that's the key thing is, yeah. yes, recognize that because it's meant to encourage you and to tell you that I'm at the door, mm -hmm. but don't, don't get bogged down in that. And I get so worried about people who prophecy has almost turned into a fetish. Um, just what can I look up today? Yeah. What can I do this or do that? And it's, it's not meant to be that. It's just meant to be, get excited. Yeah. Yeah, get excited. And I think even too today, we have so many um, believers that are even going away to these prophets, but it's P-R-O-F-I-T-S of trying to make a buck off of being prophets of their own. And so we really have to go back to the word of God. And I love that you, you said that scripture because we do have to look up and not get bogged down of the things of this world, because although we are in it, we are not of it. And truly this world is trying to make us of it. And I mean, even the initiative of 2030, I mean, here we are in 2023. It's like, okay, what do we know is true? Jesus. He's the truth, the way, and the life. So go back to his word. And so we need biblical literacy to be increased as well. So hopefully the, the excitement of Bible prophecy will bring them back to the good old book because that's the only place that it points to. Absolutely. I remember this story of, I, I didn't know any of these people, but a pastor put up his hand in church and says, mm -hmm. who wants Jesus to come back? And of course, everybody put up their hand except this one five-year-old boy. Oh, and so after the church, he went up, after the service, went up to the boy and said, I saw why you didn't put up your hand that you want Jesus to come back. And he said, oh, I thought you meant today. <laughs> and so <it> was, <laughs> uh, I've got my life to live. I got to get married. I've got a, I got these things I want to do first. They just pale. I, I mean, one 
instant after the rapture, thoughts of any of those things will just be gone. Um, what seems so important and so big to us now is really so trivial. And I know it's important to God because it's important to us and right. that he's guiding us through these things. Um, but we should keep in mind the recompense of the reward um, that is offered for us here. Yes, absolutely. I feel like that five-year-old boy sometimes, and I hear a lot of people my age talking about that of, oh, but I need to figure out my career. Who am I going to marry? Or how many kids am I going to have? What are there? Like all these little things that are so, so insignificant. Yes, he does care about them. Um, but man, it, I don't dream often like at the night times, but Mr. Peter, I had this dream like a month ago that literally woke me up and I just started crying. I had this dream. I was in some warehouse, probably Costco because I like to shop. So it's some warehouse. And I just remember like an alarm went off and everyone at the stores were like, okay, everybody has to go home now. So I felt like COVID part two of like, everyone has to go home. Everything's all right, but go home. And it was like, in a moment, everything can change. And I just felt like, you know, that's what's going to happen when the rapture happens, the trumpet sounds, and it's like, this is it. And so really, that shouldn't scare us, but that should give us a joyful urgency to live every day as our last, because yes, tomorrow is not promised. And so I even woke up from that dream and I was like, Lord, I just want more people to know you. And so that's what's so neat about the films and even the podcasting and the Bible prophecy and, you know, having it on our phone of look at this yourself and decide for yourself what you believe um, because he says, seek and you shall find. And so just seek him. And so anywho, that's pretty awesome. Well, I feel a little bit conflicted sometimes that I'm talking about this system, the end time enemy system. And yet I'm saying to people, go on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> partake in this trial just grab a branch of that tree of knowledge and join me on this thing but yeah come on that's, that's what's available for us in the world today so um i think it, it i think it's okay to use it but yeah. at the same time we got to recognize something's going down here yeah. um something different than we ever thought before and it's i hope if i can give people the one sense of things is this is not your daddy's Bible prophecy. <laughs> this is a whole new ball game happening right now. And for some of the folks, there's older folks who my mom used to cover her ears. Uh, I don't want to hear this stuff yeah. when we were talking about it. And if I look at a lot of our audience today, they are older folks. And some people are saying, well, because younger folks don't care. And I'm starting to get the impression that we got it backwards. I think some of the younger folks are far more in tune and have the far more concerns than the older folks. And uh, I'm going to start readjusting things in that direction a little bit. Mm, that's good. And you know why I feel like my generation does care is because if we're if they're not being told the truth, they've got this in their hands and they said, oh, I'll look it up in 0.2 seconds. And and that's also interesting too, because the phone can tell you what it wants and there's a lot of misinformation out there, but we are so susceptible to believing it because the people that we were trusting are now saying, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. All these things. When, you know, the church, capital C, like we, as a body, we need to be going into these hard conversations and going into them because they're happening before our very eyes. And so it's, 
ah, the time is now. And I'm just so passionate about this. And I'm so glad you are too. And this has been your life of like sharing this because we're closer and closer. I mean, the the rebuilding of the third temple, like I think that's already begun. Like there's all these things where um, you can't outrun it. No, no. And you don't even want to try. You you want this to happen. Um, And that's how I wake up every day. Just, wow, what is there today? Um, Mm -hmm. in this whole ride that we're on here and how lucky we are to live in this generation. It's filled with all kinds of problems, of course. Um, but we have front row seats to a major moving time of when God is doing something. And, uh, not every generation had that things moved rather slowly back in the old days. You could, you know, work on your farm for your whole life. And that that would Mm -hmm. be the sum total of it. Um, Now we have the ability to see. And uh, I just like to pull all of the pieces together. And I hope I can better than I am today into a cohesive fabric in this trial that can tell the story from beginning to end, because I will mention that as well. And I don't know how we are for time here, but you can keep me. You're good. Yeah. All right. Prophecy has, is so focused on the last seven years, the mm. tribulation period. When's the Antichrist going to go into the temple? You know, right. all of these things. That's not the story of Bible prophecy. The Bible prophecy story runs from the fall of Lucifer from heaven through the Garden of Eden, through the Old Testament times, up to the New Testament times, and to the very end of the book. And it's one consistent coherent story. When we talk about this deception in the last days, it's not hard to figure out what that is. It's never changed. It's been the same one. You shall not surely die. You shall be as gods. End of story. Every other thing is a little sidetrack and a little bit of throwing some dust in the air. But the fact is, that's the lie. And that's the lie. Uh, I think the original Greek proves it, that that's what the strong delusion is, is that somehow people are going to be hoodwinked to believe that they're going to live forever and they're going to be as gods. And if you have all the technology at your hands, and if you're Satan, <laughs> you can pull that off on a deceptive, in a deceptive way that will, uh, I think it's going to fool the whole world. I, I think the Bible says clearly it's going to deceive the whole world. So, Right, right. I mean, my thought is just going to all the, transhumanism stuff that they're trying to do and it's like Mm. y'all god didn't make a mistake with you and and you're right it all goes back to the garden of did god really say did god really say that you were meant to be a boy or a girl did god really say that you were enough maybe we should just put a little chip in your head and make you like a little smarter because your smartphone's not smart enough huh so it's just it's just amazing so i love that and that's why we have to be in the word because we have to know him the word made flesh and so that's incredible i'm excited to do this bible prophecy on tribal honestly i should host like a little party and just have some snacks and everyone can do it and then you can talk about it like a discussion that'd be fun absolutely I'm here for it. Well, Mr. Peter, thank you so much. I have so much to learn. And man, you're just awesome. How can we keep up with you? Well, Bible Prophecy on Trial. I mean, that's the easiest. Yeah. And I'm also on Facebook at Bible Prophecy on Trial, where you don't have to join a jury or do anything. Just keep the little tidbits coming and going. Um, My thing is now in any venue, in any way, in any means, just share what's going on in the world and uh, 
hopefully there will be ears to hear while we still have time because we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you, I'm thinking that I'm hoping that it'll be in my lifetime. Is that what it's looking like? Because we're getting closer and closer, but every generation's always thought that it's going to be their generation. You know, the apostles thought that for crying out loud. Yeah. 2000 years ago, they're like, it's here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. I think we're that close. I think that prophecy of Daniel hits the nail right on the head. I'll give you one example. He talked about knowledge shall be increased. There's a woman by the name of Shoshana Michelson who wrote uh, Surveillance Capitalism, brilliant Harvard uh, lady. And she assessed the system and she said, it's at scale. And what that means is it's not testing. It's not in the rollout phase. It's there, it's ready, it exists right now. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what Daniel said too, for to watch for. So I'm going to take it from the Harvard lady and Daniel and put the two of them together and say, yeah, I think we're really close. Hey, I'll join you in that because my redemption draws nigh. I'm looking up and we're one day closer. All right. Amen. Nice to talk to you. Thank you, Mr. Peter. All right. Bye-bye. Friend, thank you so much for joining me in this extra special episode of Faith and Friends. Seriously, Biblical Prophecy on Trial, y'all need to check that out. It is in the show notes. I myself will be going through it very soon. I'm very pumped about that because we have so much to learn. Seriously, on this side of heaven, we will never fully understand it all. There's always something to learn and grow in as it comes to reading God's Word and understanding, you know, more and more of who He is. Because seriously, if you and I could understand God with our three-pound brain, he would not be God. And so truly, he is so worthy of our every praise. And I just love that Mr. Peter is so, um, so sure of who his God is. And you know what it comes from? A relationship with the Lord. It comes through prayer. And that's what we've been talking about on our, our main series here this season. It's been so special. And so I left this episode encouraged and excited, but I knew going into this, Georgia, it's okay. He knows so much more about biblical prophecy than you do. This is a beautiful opportunity to listen, to ask questions. So y'all, seriously, right wherever you are in your local body of believers, ask your friends, ask your mentors, your pastors, go into the hard questions because truly this life What really I think defines us is the questions that we ask. Are we asking questions? Stay humble, y'all. The Lord loves a humble heart. He says, humble yourselves. Because honestly, the Lord doesn't want to have to humble us. But, you know, he will. And we've seen that time and time throughout scripture. And I've seen it again and again in my own life. But y'all, what a great special time today. Seriously, thank you for joining me in this bonus episode. I'm beyond grateful for you. And I would love to pray for you before we go. Lord God, thank you so much for our brother in the Lord, Mr. Peter. He is an incredible scholar of your word, and he is your beloved son. And I just thank you so much for calling him for such a time as this to this work of studying your word and the prophecies that you have written for us to go to you and learn more about you and what's to come. So thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know the end from the beginning. You are the alpha, the omega, the beginning and end. You are God. And I thank you, Lord, that you are also our father. 
So Lord, to each and every friend under the sound of my voice that shared this episode with me, Lord, I just pray that they would not be anxious or worried about anything. Because you tell us in Matthew 6 that worry adds nothing to our lives. So Lord, may we just truly look up and just look up to you, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. May we throw off the sin that so easily entangles and continue to run the race that you have set before us individually. Because it was for such a time as this that we were created. So Lord, may we just soak up every moment that you have for us. May we ask the hard questions. May we ask for help and lean into you. And may we quickly heed to the Holy Spirit. May we listen to where you're leading. And so Lord... I thank you that your promises are yes and amen. And I thank you that your son is coming for his bride, a pure, spotless, a blemishless bride. Lord, may we be ready. May we be truly having oil in our lamps, God. Show us how to prepare and to love one another well, to love our neighbor literally across the street and to love those in our family and our friends and those strangers that you cross our paths with each and every day. So Lord, we love you, we trust you, and we praise you because you are worthy of it all. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Friends, thank you again for joining me. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Come back because we will have our regularly scheduled episode this Friday as we continue in our prayer series. I look forward to seeing you again. But until next time, do not forget, there is a song on your heart only you can sing. Your voice is important.